Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, our last show of the year, the 2020 NFL calendar year, that is. Remember, the new league year begins Wednesday, otherwise known as the start of free agency. We'll get into all the particulars who we believe should be retained, what positions we believe should be targeted. But first, on this date in Cardinals history, five years ago, think about it for a moment. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 404, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Always like when we can look back, flashback to a moment in time, if you will. It was five years ago today, Bird Gang. Chandler Jones acquired from the New England Patriots. The cost, MJ, guard Jonathan Cooper and a second round draft pick. I would think that that is one of the bigger moments in general manager Steve Kimes' career as far as what you were able to acquire in a Chandler Jones considering he is now about to enter his sixth season with the Arizona Cardinals. I think Steve has done a good job when it comes to making trades. I mean, you look at, you know, getting Carson Palmer, getting Chandler Jones, you know, and then you look at moving up to get Buda Baker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, J.J. Uh, Watt was a free agent signing. But, yeah, I mean, um, and the fact is that year that you're referring to, Marcus Golden had more sacks. That's true. And 2016, which is a perfect segue here <laughs> on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Chandler Jones's first season, he had 11 sacks. However, Marcus Golden – 12 and a half sacks. And why are we talking about Marcus Golden? Well, one of the 28 unrestricted free agents, and we heard Kai mention that he wanted to be able to retain some of those players. Well, the first name off that list is Marcus Golden. He and the Cardinals agreeing to terms on a two-year deal. Certainly fills a need, but more importantly, that smile, that infectious personality, and more important probably than anything else, he wanted to remain with the Arizona Cardinals. He was drafted by the Cardinals, and you know he needed to go out and test free agency. And he, you know, he obviously got a deal with the Giants, and then all of a sudden, you know, he, you know, he kind of had a, you know, maybe a depth role. He wasn't really playing as much as he probably thought when he signed. They obviously hired a new head coach. He signed with Pat Shermer. They bring in Joe Judge, different defense, and then the Cardinals uh, lose Chandler Jones to the season, and they pull off the trade. Uh, you know. Maybe I'm in the minority here, and I just I just like his toughness. I just like his physicality. I love the, his energy, not only on the field, in the locker room. I mean, this guy plays with his hair on fire, and I may be in the minority, but I, I prefer to have Golden over Hassan Reddick. And I, I was a big discussion point all offseason, and even our colleague Kyle Odegaard, he was on the side of Hassan Reddick, and to a certain extent so was I, just because of one, I think you're looking at the youth, and then maybe because you think Reddick can do just a little bit more, especially when you're talking about dropping into coverage or having to cover maybe a slot guy or a tight end coming across the middle. 
nothing against Marcus Golden, who is 30 years old. Yet at the same time, I think this does signal the end of Hassan Reddick's tenure with the Arizona Cardinals. You got J.J. Watt, which already might have slammed the door in Reddick's face. No, nothing against Reddick. You certainly would like him to come back. But as far as the amount of money is now addressing that front seven, I think with J.J. Watt now, Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, and then, of course, Jordan Phillips coming back healthy. That is a pretty solid front when you're talking about getting to the quarterback. I mean, Craig, it's it's been a while. I mean, you always had Chandler Jones, and then you were wondering who's going to be on the other side. And, you know, initially it was Kennard. Back in, you know, last couple of years ago, it was Terrell Suggs. And now, you know, you got you got some depth there. And you're going to get into some of the tender offers where, you know, they're going to create some depth there. Um, and and th- this is nothing against Hassan Reddick. It only takes one team. But I want to see him do it over a period of time. And in fairness to him, you know, he never complained. And so I, I give him credit there. He was playing out of position. And then he finally, you know, found a home. So I hope he goes out and is able to test free agency, which he is, and I'm curious to see what kind of money he gets. You know, the Cardinals would still like to retain him. I mean, I it, you know, whether it's a one-year deal, because we know the TV contracts are going to kick in, the, the salary cap's going to skyrocket next year. We're not going to be talking about one-year deals and, um, you know, option years and roster bonuses. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule it out, but it only takes one team, and I think he's earned the right to go out and see what he's worth. He led the Cardinals talking about Reddick with 12 and a half sacks, but to your point about, hey, can you do it again? Can you be that consistent pass rush? Before this season, he had never had more than four sacks in a single year, and that is maybe why if you're the Cardinals or maybe another team that you're not quite so quick to open up the bank, if you will, to an unproven commodity. And listen, he was a big part of that, that Giants win. He had five sacks. But then you also pointed out between weeks 7 and 11, he didn't have a quarterback hit or a sack. And, and again, they come in bunches. But I don't want to begrudge what he did this year. He gave this team you know, an option in the second half of the season to where they were in the in the playoff race. Unfortunately, they weren't able to finish the season. So, um, again, can you do it again? And, and, and there's going to be a team that's looking at a pass rusher because now you start looking at some of these pass rushers and usually the, the really good pass rushers get franchised. Um, you know, teams want to keep their own players. And so I don't begrudge the Cardinals trying to keep uh, Hassan Reddick, and we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I do think he's going to have to find out what he's worth. Is he looking for a multi-year deal? Because that's where you get more money up front. Is it, is it going to be an option where maybe he doesn't see the, the third year? So it's going to be fascinating just what another team thinks of him based on the, the five years he played with the Cardinals, not just one year. Yeah, and we probably will know sooner rather than later when it comes to Hassan Reddick. Again, Wednesday at 1 p.m. is when free agency officially begins. Of course, Bird Gang, if you've been following social media over the last 24, 48 hours, depending on when you're listening to this podcast here, you know that there is already already been a lot of movements and specific to the Arizona Cardinals yes Marcus Golden is back three sacks 15 quarterback hits last season eight starts nine games a midseason reacquisition if you will after the Cardinals needed help at outside linebacker because of the Chandler Jones injury. So Marcus Golden is back and anxious to hear from him once again because one thing that we like here in the media, yes, you always want the production, you want the win on Sunday, but when you're talking about specific players, guys who are good 
speaking to the media. That is always a little bit of a bonus that I'm sure teams could care less about. <laughs> but when it comes to us doing our job, yes, guys who are very capable of uh, being personalities, if you will, i.e. a DJ Humphreys when you talk about the offensive side of the ball. Cardinals also making some news on the defensive end. You referenced it as far as tendering one-year contracts to restricted free agents, Dennis Gardeck and Zeke Turner, and then also to exclusive rights free agents agent Kylie Fitz. Now that is linebackers. Three linebackers right there. Gardeck Fitz outside, Turner inside, but all three of those guys huge on special teams. So I think first and foremost you look at that and go, all right, special teams, the core, they're coming back. But at the same time, you know, all three of those guys, and we've seen Gardeck play defense, want to be able to get their hands dirty on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and you know, you look at their restricted free agents. So the Cardinals own their rights. Um, they can, you know, put a tender offer on them, and what depending on if it's a first-round tender, second-round tender, and then the right to refuse. And he, all three of those guys you mentioned were undrafted. So it, it's if you lose them, you would get you know a draft pick where they were drafted, but they weren't drafted. So the Cardinals obviously feel worthy. And, you know, the only name we're not mentioning is Trent Shurfield. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part on this. That doesn't mean that the Cardinals don't have interest in bringing Shurfield back. But according to reports, he was not tendered a contract. So now he is open to be able to sign with any team. But we talk about those three core special teams players. And we failed to mention Kylie Fitz when we did our position-by-position position breakdown late last week focusing on special teams. But those three specifically, Gardeck, Turner, and... Uh, Shurfield, those were your top tacklers. Those were the players that, from the outside looking in, Jeff Rogers, the special teams coordinator and assistant head coach, really trusted. So now you wonder, all right, what does this mean for Shurfield? Because, yes, he did see time playing wide receiver, yet right now it just doesn't seem that he is coming back, although we'll have to wait and see. But it didn't seem like there was enough of an interest on the Cardinals' point to at least say, yes, we're going to tender you like they did to Gardak Fitz and Turner. Yeah, the 2021 restricted free agent tenders, the first round starts at $4.7 million. The second round is 3.3, And according to reports, maybe that's where Gardak's going to be. And then the right of first refusal, in other words, you can make an offer, another team can try to match it but you have the right to uh, uh, match it. so And that would be 2.1. Nothing against Trent Shurfield, but they probably feel like they can get him back for a million dollars with incentives. So that's the reason why probably where all three of those guys were tendered offers. Again, uh, if you're Shurfield, who's been an undrafted free agent, making 400, 500, 600, 700,000, well, you're not going to want to pay him 2.1. And if the reports are accurate as far as what Gardeck is getting, that to me is a little bit of a surprise, or maybe they know more than we know as far as his health because you tear your ACL late in the season and you do the numbers and you look at a calendar and it's like, okay, well, coming back in September, that's nine months. That, that Gosh, that seems really, really quick. Is it 10 months? Is it 11? Well, you're just giving $3 million plus million to someone that you might have for half a season. I, I think – this lends us to speculate, if you will, that Gardeck is doing very, very well. They're not going to rush him. They're not going to do anything to jeopardize his career, his future, yet at the same time that it does speak to, one, his value, and I think more importantly, where he is on the rehab process. Correct. And, you know, listen, I'm not betting against Dennis Gardeck to come back early. Now, he does work out with Brett Fisher. 
um, who does a lot, a lot of a lot of players come here in the offseason. They rehab injuries, um, so you know the Cardinals will have good intel there. Um, but you know how it is. I mean, when you come off an injury and it happens late in the year, then all of a sudden you know got to get in a football shape. And how is he moving around? Is he favoring it? But I know he's going to put the work in. And, you know, the way I look at it, and just I don't know the time frame. I just look at January 11th when he had the surgery, um, and then you add the, t- the months. I mean, let's say he comes back in week six to eight. That's like making a trade. Yeah, and that's a pretty valuable piece that you're adding, too. Now, I know a lot of fans would like to see him play more defensively, but I think he's that guy, and we've discussed it here on Cardinals Cover 2, that you have to kind of pick your spots. Now, he was forced into that role last season because of the injury situation, but I don't think you can count on him. Nothing against Dennis Gardeck, and it's the same conversation we've had with Chase Edmonds as far as can you throw out that player week in and week out and expect the same results. I'm not sure he's quite there yet, but he did open up enough eyes to Jan Vance Joseph to say, you know what, we need to get him on the field in certain packages. Well, and that was those sub packages they were bringing in. They were bringing in, you know, they, you know, sometimes in the nickel and dime package, they had three or four linebackers out there, and that's because they were trying to get to the quarterback. And we know that the Cardinals blitz more than any other team in the league. I think he's going to have a nice career, Dennis Gardeck. He's going to be a special teams, uh, you know, that's going to be his backbone, and that's how you carve a niche out. Look at Aaron Brewer, a little bit different. He doesn't get dirty, but a long snapper. He's going to have a nice career, and he can never have too much depth at that position. So I look at his more of a depth guy, not a starter. Yes, he had seven sacks and 93 snaps, but if he has to play every single week, I think teams would start to key on him, and he is undersized, but he plays with a lot of passion and energy, and I can appreciate that. Let's come full circle with this conversation as far as we began with Chandler Jones, again, acquired five years ago today, Marcus Golden agreeing to terms on a two-year deal, and free agency hasn't quote-unquote officially started as of yet, although would you look at what the Cardinals have done, and you can follow along on the free agent tracker, azcardinals.com slash free agency, and you'll see two names, one J.J. Watt, who was released, so he was able to sign ahead of the official start date of free agency, and Marcus Golden. Two defensive players, but the – and then you throw in Dennis Gardeck, Kylie Fitz, as far as outside linebackers if needed, and they do play some on that side. Getting to the quarterback, affecting the quarterback as opposed to what we think that this team needs also is playmakers. Who does Kyler Murray have to throw to? I think that's something we're going to have to follow here in, in free agency. And, and again, I don't think it's going to be a guy that, you know, you look at Marvin Jones and T.Y. Hilton and maybe even look at, you know, some other receivers. I, I, I just think the big ticket items, I don't know if the Cardinals can afford that considering how much you have under contract with DeAndre Hopkins. But definitely I would like to see a veteran guy be that outside receiver and, you know, I think Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton fit that profile, but Steve mentioned a couple weeks ago on Arizona Sports, Newsmaker Week, they, they've already started studying these wide receivers in the draft. Um, when I look at the draft, Craig, to me it's really deep running back, cornerback, wide receiver, interior lineman, and that's some of the needs going into the offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. I do think it says something to what the Cardinals are doing, at least here initially, early in the process, that they're focusing on defense and affecting the quarterbacks, and I'll go back, I'll reference it, I've done it seemingly every single show, and that is what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do in their postseason run and win the Super Bowl. Yes, it's a copycat league. Can every team do it? No, but it does seem 
right now that with Vance Joseph, he's getting a lot more weapons, if you will, to really try to make it more of a defensive-minded team, at least right now when we speak here on this Monday, March 15th. And it all starts up front, and that's why they went out and got J.J. Watt. And, and that's why they paid Jordan Phillips. And that's why they're excited with the upside in, in Zach Allen and Lecky Fotu and Rashard Lawrence. And, you know, again, you need to you need to win in the trenches. And then you got these linebackers now between Jordan Hicks and you throw Isaiah Simmons in there. And Zeke Turner, to me, could be a, a backup inside linebacker. We'll see what Evan Weaver, even though he's undersized, he could become a special teams guy if he's active on game day. But when you look at that front seven, and we talked about how they had addressed that last offseason. They did by going out and signing Jordan Phillips, uh, going out and signing Kennard. Uh, we'll see about his future. And then drafting Isaiah Simmons. So they needed to improve that area. And, again, you still like to have some shutdown corners. But if you can get pressure up front and you got Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons kind of a as a rover guy, you can make some plays at the line of scrimmage and, and take some pressure off that secondary by getting that quarterback off his spot. And you bring back Marcus Golden, and we see we saw what this team was able to do last season getting to the quarterback, 48 sacks, fourth most in the league, and that was without Chandler Jones for a huge chunk of 2020. A Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals. Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Yes, free agency begins on Wednesday. What is happening right now as we speak is the quote-unquote legal tampering period. What's allowed? You can contact players, agents, express interest, begin contract negotiations. You can't talk to players specifically unless those players represent themselves, i.e., Larry Fitzgerald. By the way, as we do a quick left-hand turn here on Cardinals Cover 2, do you think anyone picked up the phone to call Larry Fitzgerald? Any team out there? Well, he doesn't have an agent, so he can negotiate yes. for himself? Yes. There's uh, four well, guys, I, right? I, yeah, there's there's a handful out there. I just wonder. Now, I, I don't want to get off on a complete <laughs> tangent here, but I'm just wondering, is there a general manager out there that said, you know what, because he hasn't made up his mind yet, he hasn't agreed to come back, he hasn't decided to retire you pick up the phone and call number 11 and say, hey, do you have any interest in coming here, wherever here might be? I don't even want to speculate what teams, but. It, it, it would be everything <laughs> I thought about Larry Fitzgerald to where he's only going to wear one uniform. He's raising his family in the Valley, and, you know, he's obviously has a small minor, uh, minority piece with the Suns more on the business operations side. So, I, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but. You know, I, I think if Larry's going to play, it's going to be with the Arizona Cardinals. I do too. I just had to throw no, it out I know. there. Listen, just just Bill Belichick, back off. <laughs> or Jason Light, you know, just, <laughs> you got your own wide receivers that you need to retain in Tampa. All right, let's get into here this legal tampering period and what we think the Cardinals might do or what we hope they might do because they can officially announce players signing and then of course the trades beginning Wednesday at 1 p.m. We've spent the past several weeks going position by position looking at what the Cardinals have on the roster and as far as these names that are out there on the market and also free agency but when you look at the 27 now unrestricted free agents that the Cardinals have minus a Marcus Golden and depending on what else they do between now and Wednesday or when you might listen to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 is there one 
or maybe give me one or two on the offensive side. Let's start on that. And as far as retaining your own offensive free agents, if you're the general manager, who do you call or who did you call first to say, you know what, we want you back? Calvin Beecham, Dan Arnold. I think those are the guys that, you know, Dan Arnold is a free agent. Um, he spent some time in New Orleans. We know that they have salary cap issues, but I did read a report that they could go after him. Um, but I think Arnold is, is an up-and-comer. He's got to get stronger, um, improve on his route running. Obviously, he's never going to be the most uh, physical blocker, but he's a guy that can line up as a wide receiver slash tight end, and we talk about matchups, linebackers, safeties. I'll take my chances. I think he's really good down the seam. And I think Calvin Beecham has a really good relationship with uh, Sean Kugler. I'm sure his phone's going to ring, but he loves living in the Valley, and I think those are the selling points. So if I had to mention two on offense, I would say um, Calvin Beecham just for a protection standpoint. Uh, I don't know if he'll be willing to take the minimum, uh, but at the same time, I know that he enjoys living in Arizona. And he has a lot of respect for there. And then Dan and all, I just think he's going to be a weapon in the future. And we've seen that connection between he and Kyle Lemurray, which we referenced on Friday's edition of Cardinals Cover 2, which you can be found in the archives. Yes, this team needs playmakers, and I'm not saying that Dan Arnold is first and foremost, but you do see a lot more teams utilizing that tight end down the middle and if you've got Max Williams as your blocker and you've got Dan Arnold as far as maybe in the slot because a lot of the times he was not in a three-point stance he does need to improve upon his blocking but first and foremost it's just that big frame the big target that Kyler Murray can look to and I think there is a trust factor between those two and you don't want to start over with someone else if you will at least at that position. I mean, I look at Max Williams. I mean, yes, he was injured last year, but he's the meat and potatoes. If they want to go more uh, 12 personnel, you can roll out Max Williams. And, and, and I'm I'm kind of intrigued with Darrell Daniels, and I know there's been a lot of talk to the Cardinals at a tight end in the offseason. They're, they're not spending $10 million for a tight end, so that's not going to happen. And so I, I like where they're at. I mean, yes, you can bring in an undrafted free agent. You usually bring in six tight ends to camp. Um, but I like to see them bring somebody back. And you're, um, maybe somebody's thinking, well, they need to get better at that position. But, again, if, if you're going to pay another wide receiver and then, you know, depending on what they do with the backup running back spot, and then, you know, y- y- we, we look at a couple different positions where they can address not only in free agency but also in the draft, cornerback, wide receiver, and possibly um, the interior line. Now, if the Cardinals want – I think they have another uh, – enough cap space to make a splash and that would be probably for the center position now there's four three or four names out there and you know you look at it um, when you're signing these free agents when you get a 26 year old guy that is is you know he hasn't even peaked yet it's going to cost you double digits you go after nick martin who's been released he's with the texans he's got 48 starts you look at alex mack who's been a veteran guy He's going to cost you a little bit less, but he's, you know, 34, 35 years old. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I know that they want to upgrade that center position. I think it's very obvious based on Kugler's comments and then also what Steve Kime just talked about getting better up front. And with those two players that we're talking about here, Beecham and Arnold, they are not a part of the first wave, if you will, or maybe even the second wave. You wouldn't think, of course, we could be surprised at any moment, but guys that might be willing to wait 
to see what is out there. Or in the case of Beecham, you know, he was working out here. His family's here. It certainly sounds like he is setting up shop in the Arizona and the Phoenix area and certainly would fill a need. Though you do have Marcus Gilbert, who is under contract. He opted out last season. Does he decide to keep playing? There's an option. You've got Josh Jones, who you invested in a third-round draft pick, who we thought was targeted to play tackle, though Kugler said he can also play guard. And then Justin Murray, who a couple of years ago was your right tackle and played very, very well, and now he has slid inside. There's some versatility with Jones and Murray, but three names that I gave you that are already under contract contract versus Beecham, who now all of a sudden has hit the open market, perhaps by Wednesday at 1 p.m. I mean, we uh, we asked, uh, I think it was Cliff, um, the media asked Cliff, you know, the latest on Marcus Gilbert. I don't, right now, I don't know what the update is, so that's a big question mark. Now, he did sign a two-year contract. He opted out, so the Cardinals would own his rights if he decided to play. Um, you would assume you think he'd want to play in Arizona just based on he was one of the better linemen coming out of camp until he got hurt, and then he opted out last year. So big question mark there. Don't, don't know if he's you know wants to play football. Uh, I think you told me he recently got married, he and so he's got a lot going on there. Just from a, you know he's been dating that gal for a long, long time, and you know she's got her own professional career. So it'd be interesting. But right now, I don't think we know what's going to happen with Marcus Gilbert. Yeah, that's but uh, they would own his rights. Correct. So he wouldn't be able to go somewhere else, and you know maybe you know go back to Pittsburgh, I or whatever. But yeah, you're right. That that's a, a key distinction. If he wants to play, it's going to be in a Cardinals uniform unless you work out some kind of a trade. But again, Again, those are all questions that I'm sure that are happening in the front office. Also, when we look at your own free agents on the defensive side of the ball, we've already got one in Marcus Golden. I know that was a name that you were hot and heavy on as far as when we talk about the Golden-Hassan Reddick discussion, who would you like to have more over the other? But as far as another defensive player that you hope that this team is able to re-sign and retain. Well, I'm, I'm interested in bringing Patrick Peterson back if they're going to play a zone because I still think he's got good cover skills. He doesn't have the same foot speed uh, to you know when he comes to crossing routes and slants. And I know that's the NFL. Teams are going three and four wide. They're trying to you know use the entire blade of grass. So, um, but I think he's going to test free agency. And as I always say, it takes one team. Um, you know, I, I I just feel like you know if you had Patrick on one side and you got Alford on the other side, you know staying healthy and then Byron Murphy then all of a sudden you know that maybe that cornerback isn't a major need now if Patrick does come back it's probably not going to be a long-term deal but I would try to retain him Um, but it's all predicated on what kind of defense they're going to play and I'm of that same opinion I would like to see number 21 return and believe in the fact that you're going to have another Larry Fitzgerald but on the defensive side of the ball where you spend your entire time with one team it is very rare in this day and age and I know he has lost a step or two he is not that all pro he is not that pro bowler he once was but when you talk about the cornerback position there is not a lot one on the roster currently or a lot on the market that would appear to be a huge upgrade if you will if you're going to pay x amount to patrick peterson and you're going to devote that resources to someone else okay but is he better than number 21 and that is something that you know we can debate and i know fans have their own opinion but sometimes you know really pay attention to the film because these names that are out there and i know just within their own division a shaq griffin or a uh, richard sherman are they that much better than a patrick peterson 
you take a look at a couple guys that re- got re- uh, released recently, and Malcolm Butler. I mean, Malcolm Butler's had a nice career, but, you know, Tennessee, they feel like, you know, they need to move on, and they, they struggled with their secondary last year. Dory Jackson really didn't play. Um, so when you look at, you know, some of these uh, different situations, but, you know, when you start talking about other guys, um, and then Casey Hayward got released, and, you know, you think, you know, he was big part of that uh, uh, Chargers defense. They bring in Brandon Staley. Um, you know, they, they missed their one of the better players than Derwin James last year. But when I look at the defense, and I know they got some youth there, but it'd be interesting to see what they do with the, uh, Lange, uh, Angelo Blackson and Corey Peters. Now, you know, Peters obviously getting along in the tooth. I think you and I think he's a great veteran guy, but this team's trying to win games and they're trying to get younger. In the addition of Watt, who's going to play a lot more snaps than your normal defensive tackle. But I'd be curious to see about Blackson. I thought he was an underrated player last year. Yeah, I liked what he was able to bring. He was able to bring because you remember he arrived and all of a sudden was playing that Sunday, made an impact play, and you're like, wait, who is this guy? He just got here, but that was a credit to him as far as what he's able to do. Played in all 16 games, started nine of them, two and a half sacks, eight quarterback hits. Yes, a name that you're probably not going to see this week or next week but again you're talking about that second and third wave personally big fan of Corey Peters I like what he's able to do on and off the field but when you're coming off a torn ACL what do you have left I'm sure he still wants to play and then D'Amato Petko another one of those veterans who I think might be one of those guys that you wait until training camp or even when the season begins because I don't know how much of an interest there was in him playing last season before the Cardinals play a picked up the phone and gave him a call he did say he had other teams but he was looking for the right fit and when you're waiting that long last year there's no reason to think that he's going to say sign right now when you can just wait and still go in there and be effective for a limited number of snaps it was I think it was more about injuries you lose Corey Peters Jordan Phillips we know Zach Allen was in and out even though he did play 14 games you really don't want to put that load on your your young defensive tackles so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just look at it, you know, I, I don't know if there's a spot for him. And then, you know, if he takes a one-year deal somewhere else, going to move his family, is he a guy? But when it comes to Pecco, I just think you can you can sign a guy like that in September or late August if you got an injury at that position. I don't I don't think he's a priority at all. No, I don't think so either. But he was certainly very very good playing those six games for the Cardinals because as you said, it certainly filled a need. Speaking of need, the number of needs that this team has to address not come draft time, but here in free agency. Again, we're in the midst of legal tampering. Though by the looks of it, there are some teams that are a little bit more active than others as stories and news breaks. But again, I'm focusing on Wednesday at 1 p.m. when teams can make the official announcement because we've seen in the past where things fall apart on the 11th hour or agreed to and then all of a sudden you get to pass that physical and something pops up and then all of a sudden you're back on the market and the team is looking forward to fill that need once again. So pay particular attention, Bergang, when you it's agreed to terms, yes, but then you gotta kinda wait until you officially sign that contract before a deal is official. Prime example, Anthony Barr. He signed with the Jets, got yep. cold feet, and went back to Minnesota. We've seen that a couple of times over yeah. the last and three or four years. And if a guy fails a physical, then all of a sudden that, that trade or that uh, he goes back into the market. So yeah. 
I mean, it's going to be fluid, and uh, I think the Cardinals definitely have a game plan, and I think they can afford another big ticket item if they choose to. And then, you know, we haven't really talked about this, and I know there's bigger fish to fry right now, but at some point, are they going to sit down with Chandler Jones and try to give him an extension, considering his cap number's $20 million this year, 15 uh, base, and then a previous sign-in bonus? You can lower that cap number and extend it, and you can also give him some option years. Uh, where he maybe gets a two- or three-year deal. He's coming off an injury, but it's not an uh, an ACL or an Achilles. It's more of an upper body. So it'd be interesting to see. You don't have to do that now unless you feel like there's other free agents out there, but it's something I think they would consider once the dust settles a little bit. You free up money now to spend with, and then you give Chandler Jones some security. If you're Jones, do you look and see what the market is for edge rushers and say, you know what, with the cap expected to go up after 2021, I'm going to bet on myself, hit the market, and then see what I'm really worth. Yet at the same time, you're in your early 30s. Just what kind of a market is there for pass rusher at that age? And I say that, and then J.J. Watt comes around and gets two years, $28 million from the Arizona Cardinals with incentives to boost that up to as much as $31 million. So I think there's always a market for guys that can get to the quarterback, especially if you're effective and very good at it. And we know Chandler Jones is very good at getting to the quarterback. The other needs, though, that this team has, all right, let's say, yes, money is something you have to pay attention to, but you brought it up, another big ticket item. What is that big ticket item? Without saying names or if you want to toss out a couple of names, but maybe the position that you believe that this team will look at for that big ticket item center okay and again Corey Lindsay's going to have plenty of options out there I mean the fact that Aaron Rodgers was was disappointed after the uh, NFC championship game to where they weren't going to be able to retain him and then they did get Aaron Jones done which he was going to be a heavy ticket item in the open market you know but it's going to cost you and but he's young and you want to protect Kyler Murray and then there's a few other guys. Uh, again, I, I I think when it comes to uh, Lindsey, he's going to have a market out there for him, and hopefully the Cardinals are in that market because it, it'd be an instant upgrade, and he's only, what, 26 years old, and then you can check that box for the next few years. 29 years 29, old for excuse Corey me. Lindsley. But the big thing is is he does not make mental mistakes on the offensive line. He's not penalized, and I think at that position, especially a veteran, that's where I would go more someone with a resume versus someone that's brand new, and you know, you say what you want about A.Q. Shipley, and a lot of people did as far as knocking whether it was his size or the length of his arms, but you need guys that know what they're doing, not just snapping the ball, but able to recognize defenses and then just play mistake-free. Don't put the offense in in position to where you're playing from behind the sticks. I think it's safe to say that A.Q. Shipley was the glue of that offensive line. And they won, and I and I was behind it initially. We're getting younger and more physical, but Shipley had respect in that locker room, and he was a tough guy. And he, he didn't back down from Aaron Donald or Fletcher Cox. I mean, he stuck his nose in there. And yes, he wasn't the most athletic guy; he looked like a bowling ball. But you could see he had a wrestling background where he, once he gets his hands on you, and there's a reason why the Buccaneers brought him in. Obviously, the familiarity with BA and you know Carol Goodwin and Leftwich, but you know he ended up on IR. But those are the guys that you know when you get to November and December, uh, they're they're the best options where they have experience versus trying to uh, lean on a young guy. And if you're out of the race, you do that. But when you're in the race. 
But I, I can say sit here today, Craig, and say he was the glue of that, that, that offense two years ago. You look and you hear that younger, more athletic. We want to go younger. We want to get more athletic at certain positions. And, yeah, that works to a certain extent, but there's something to be said about experience at the professional level. And it might cost you a little bit more money, but I do think it's worth it certain positions, certain players who you can rely on to be available on Sundays. That is something that I think the give and take, you know, when you're looking at this pie that you always like to say is this is how much we have to spend. Well, where do we spend it wisely? And sometimes it is the following year or the year after that. You know what? We had something and we let it get away. Well, we know they're paying DJ Humphreys good money. We know Pew, whether it could be his last year based on his numbers, but he's coming off a very good season. Um, Justin Murray's got a two-year contract. He's not making a ton. Josh Jones is a third-round pick. He's not making a ton. Marcus Gilbert is is probably you know maybe a one, two, three million uh, type guy if he wants to come back. So you can invest in the offensive line at the center position, and and, and you can justify it. Where you know Murray, uh, you know, is Murray the future right tackle or right guard? Well, that could be Josh Jones based on what we're hearing. So, and you got his contract for the next four years. So. Um, you know, again, when I say positional spending, yes, you're paying Pew and, and Humphreys, you know, a good portion, but they, they earned it and they played well last year. That left side was one of the, the strengths of the Cardinals team. And now you got to figure out what you want to do at right guard and right tackle. But I believe those guys could be on the roster right now. And then you add a center, I think things will settle down a little bit. And I think that's where Sean Coogler is going to make his mark more 11 and 12 personnel meaning let's go big and let's be physical at the line of scrimmage. Positions of need here two days before the start of the new league year. On the defensive side, it's cornerback. On the offensive side, it's the interior of the offensive line, maybe right tackle, and then a playmaker, a wide receiver, a number two or a number three, or just someone that is reliable, can catch the ball, make defenders miss, and I think that – is first and foremost that, yeah, you protect Kyler Murray so he has time to throw to, but who else does he have to throw to if your name is not DeAndre Hopkins? Good point. And, you know, I say they, I say they need to get more of a veteran guy. They have a lot of young guys on that roster, and then we turn around, and how much is it going to cost you for a Marvin Jones, a T.Y. Hilton, you know? I'm probably missing someone out there, but you know Juju Smith-Schuster. He's entering a, f- a free agent. Um, he's telling people he's not going back to Pittsburgh. But is he a slot guy or is he a guy that can take the top off the defense? So when you look at T.Y. Hilton and Marvin Jones, but again, you look at the draft and you own those rights for four or five years. But I just think they have enough. Now, if Larry comes back, the, the numbers will will reflect a little bit different because of his age. But uh, I want to get a veteran in there. And but again, if they feel like you know what. These guys are asking for too much money, then I think that they're going to have to uh, address it in the draft. Could you slide someone in as a slot and move Christian Kirk to the outside, and then now all of a sudden you've got a bottleneck on the inside with whomever that new person is, and Andy Isabella, a Keyshawn Johnson, and maybe number 11 returns as well. But Christian Kirk might be the wild card in here. Where is he best fit? And then you fill where he doesn't fit. If you believe he's a slot, then you need an outside guy. If you believe he could be better in the outside, then you find someone who can be on the inside. I think he's shown flashes on the outside. I mean, we've seen some uh, deep passes from Kyler Murray. I want to go back to that 49ers game. Uh, I go back to the Bucks game. Um, he's, he's had 65, 70-yard touchdowns. I just think he's more of a slot guy. I want to see him work the sticks. I want to see him run those crossing routes. You know, I, I, I haven't... I'm a big fan of the bubble screen, but 
you know, teams obviously they're they're loading up at the line of scrimmage. So if you don't get that first block, then that becomes almost a negative play. And I also think it's an extended run play. But I think he's more of a slot guy. They got to get somebody opposite a hop that can take the top off the defense. And again, he's showing flashes there, but you, there's a log jam. And if Larry does return, you still got Larry there. You still got Christian Kirk there, and you got Anthony Isabella. And now Keyshawn Johnson, to me, he'd be your depth as an outside guy. But I want to upgrade that outside position. You want someone who can occupy some time and some space of an opposing defense because guys, I think, are cheating over towards DeAndre Hopkins, whether it's a double team or someone over the top. But if you have a true number two that you can't ignore or play off of, then I think that will open things up a little bit more for Hopkins. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. And the fact that we got a chance to see him move around late in the year, that's going to be big because they they figured it out. Teams figured it out. Okay, we're just going to line up and we'll put a, maybe a, a safety over the top because he's not going to win the uh, with speed, but his, his uncanny ability to track the ball. He, and, and listen, a lot of those catchers were in traffic. I mean, two or three guys draped on him. We're all going to remember the Hal Murray play at Sunday at uh, State Farm Stadium. But I mean, he, by moving him around now, he can take that slant pass for a seven-yard uh, pass and run off. 15, 18 yards. He's really good yards after catch. So I think it would settle the the, uh, the offense down if you got another guy on the outside and allow Hopkins to do his thing because we know he's going to get targeted 12 to 14 times probably um, on average, at least over 10 a game. And that's been the average all year. We've talked about Hopkins' numbers, and people know that he was a top five guy as far as targets, receptions, receiving yards. But when you needed someone to make a play, gain a first down, move the sticks, it was nine times out of ten. DeAndre Hopkins, he had 75 catches that resulted in a first down. He finished with 115 total catches. So, yes, he was very effective, and you hope you can find someone similar. You're not looking for another DeAndre Hopkins, but someone similar on the other side that certainly can help this offense move the football up and down and get more wins than we saw a year ago. Again, you can follow along. The free agency tracker is up and live on azcardinals.com slash free agency. Who have the Cardinals added? Who have they retained? And then, of course, the other unrestricted free agents, where they might be headed if they are not back in a Cardinals uniform. And we invite you to update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. That way you get everything in the palm of your hand. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. For more. Before we call it a show here on this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, this notes with the Cardinals and State Farm Stadium. And I know on Sunday you had an opportunity to volunteer as far as the COVID 19 vaccine, but State Farm Stadium earlier on Monday eclipsed the half million mark. 500,000 doses of the COVID-19 vaccine have been distributed at State Farm Stadium. It is the site that has become the model not only for everywhere else in the state of Arizona, but throughout the country. When you have the president and vice president doing virtual tours, that says something. 9,000 vaccines every 24 hours or one shot every 10 seconds and you were out there on Sunday volunteering and by all accounts it has become a very smooth process. I can't say enough I mean I, I know there's 17 teams right now that are opening up their NFL facilities and the Cardinals started on January 11th and here they hit the uh, 
for over 500,000 shots. I, I was thoroughly impressed. I mean, everything was so organized. And as you pointed out, it's the model for other cities and countries. I mean, you could say it's one of the best in the world right now, just the way. And, so, and, and Craig, it was so refreshing yesterday when I was getting a chance to, to volunteer, seeing uh, the kids in there. When I say kids, they're probably 25, 30 years old, taking their parents there and getting their second shot. And I've told you before the show, I had to ask somebody their date of birth. And, you know, that's not probably the best thing to do with ask a female. But some of these ladies were giving me 1934. 1937, 1939, and they were getting their second shot, and I, and their kids were taking them there. I mean, it, it just, it, I mean, you, you leave there and you're like, this is this is awesome, man. I mean, because we went through this pandemic for a year, and here we are a year later, and you could see maybe a little light at the end of the tunnel. But I was thoroughly impressed, the operation, how nice people were. And so props to the organization, props to the volunteers, because uh, they've made a difference. I'm telling you, you know, I talked to people that I told them I volunteered and they said, I was out there and I can't believe how nice everyone is. This guy said, I'm a nurse in New Jersey. I've done two days of giving vaccines, both both days, 80 shots. What nice people were actually nice to meet and compare working to my normal job. Pass it on to the nurses because they're the one giving the shots. It has been a collaborative effort among many, many groups. But to hear all of these stories and props for you out there spending part of your Sunday, a good portion of your Sunday, out at State Farm Stadium helping get people vaccinated. Quoting Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell, there have been many great events at State Farm Stadium, but the most important one might be ensuring everyone's health and safety. End quotes. And I could not agree with that more from Michael Bidwell. Also, Quentin Harris was out there volunteering. He was there at 6 a.m. You know, the shifts are, you know, eight-hour shifts, 6 to 2, 2 to 10, and then 10 to 6. And I'll tell you, Craig, when I got out there at like 5 a.m. because you got a little bit of orientation, you got to figure out what you got to do, it was a little chilly. <laughs> it was a little chilly until that sun came up. But, again, they they feed you lunch. You get breaks. I mean, there's water and Gatorade everywhere. So, it's, it, again, I'm – I was I, I knew what the numbers were, but when you get a chance to to see it, you're thinking, wow, this is very important. And I agree with Michael. There's been a lot of great events here. We know Super Bowls, uh, Final Fours, or excuse me, National Championship game. But from an important side, it, it's a no-brainer how many lives they possibly could save here. Yeah, tip the cap to all of the volunteers, including my co-host here, Mike Jarecki. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.